Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Sue, a visual artist. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. On the path which is the name for our personal witchcraft practices. We have spent a great deal of time discussing what we believe and why. These conversations led to the writing of a book full of information about our tradition. We call these thoughts kernels because they are the start of much bigger ideas. We thought we'd share some of these with you, so... Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is Our Core Beliefs, Part 1. The creation and practice of the path tradition arises from eight core beliefs. They deal with how we perceive the divine, goal of balance, the concept of the hedge, crafting, how we celebrate the solar cycle, how we celebrate the lunar cycle, sacred space, and the energies we work with. All our beliefs are the result of unconfirmed personal gnosis. One, we perceive the divine as both imminent and transcendent. We believe that everyone has an internal spark of the divine, imminent, that longs to connect with the external divine, transcendent of the universe itself. Two, balance is a personal goal of our spiritual practices. So we have done shadow work to integrate various parts of ourselves back into our awareness and will continue to do so as needed, along with a focus on spiritual growth and development. Three, we feel that the worlds of the magical and the mundane overlap constantly, and we call these meeting points, those betwixt and between places and the blurred lines between, the hedge. A hedge marks a boundary, yet is also porous, allowing energy to move freely back and forth. Four, we are witches who practice the craft. We define crafting as using our individual creative gifts to write rituals and spells, to make items as touchstones to remind us that we are the magic, and to perform daily practices to enhance our spirituality. That's the first four of our core beliefs. We're kind of splitting our beliefs, which are eight, into two recordings so that we don't confuse people. I just wanted to tell, talk a little bit before we start real quick about what we mean by unconfirmed personal gnosis. Okay. It means it's not part of um, lore or sacred knowledge or whatever you want to call it from the long past. It may be coming back, but it's stuff that we have kind of learned for ourselves and that works for us and is more of our personal knowing than anything else. I mean, it's starting out with the idea of the divine is this giant whatever out there in the universe. And we can never fully comprehend what it is, what it looks like, how it thinks, because it's beyond our understanding. We're limited by our humanness in that sense. Our physical being can only comprehend so much. And I think that's where you and I kind of relate to that internal imminent sense of the divine. We all have that divine spark that yes. longs for connection with something. 
And I think that's a big piece of our practice is learning to enhance our awareness of that internal spark because I think our awareness ebbs and flows. There are times when we feel really, really connected to ourselves. Oh, yeah. And other times we don't. Absolutely. And I think you, you said the right word, the longing. I think when you, you feel that longing for connection, sometimes that is the beginning seed of finding your spirituality, is listening to that longing. I think so, and I think that's one of the reasons you and I have a very live and let live about any religion. There's how many people on the planet? Over 9 billion. And if we all have that spark and we're all looking for that individual connection, it's going to express itself in all sorts of religions and practices. And I can't say what works for you is wrong in any sense of the word at that point. Because if it's working for you, it's perfect. That's just it. Yeah. Yeah, And I think, too, when we talk about the internal and external, it's a good way to think about where we got the idea of the importance of balance in our practice. And it's a goal, and it's an ideal more than a goal, I think, because you're never going to be in perfect balance. I I don't think that is possible on this plane it's just the nature of of the mundane it is always change and always in shifting but you're right it's being able to to keep your balance on that moving uh obstacle (laughs) yeah it's like it's like those ball things that they used to have years ago where you clicked one and it went back and forth and back and forth. It's like the swinging of a pendulum Mm -hmm. because in order to come to that middle part, you have to go up way one way and then swing back the other way really far and then it gradually settles more towards the middle. Mm -hmm. And we are so many different parts. You know, we have physical, mental, spiritual, but we have all these bits and pieces that are part of each of those so Mm -hmm. that I can be really in balance in one area of my life and things are going smoothly. And then in another area, I can be wildly out of balance at the same time. I think the real goal of balance for us is learning to recognize sooner when we are wildly out of balance. Because if you don't address some of those pieces, then everything goes out of whack. When, if you let one thing get, too far out of balance because you're right it's not one pendulum it's multiple pendulums and they're all swinging at different speeds and different and usually if if i think of it it's like a ballet if i'm if i'm the choreographer of my life then i have to get all i was just watching swan lake so you have to get all of the the swans going the right way and you know people stumble and and you figure out but but as a whole that's kind of my job and that's looking at it with with the transcendent and imminent divine that if you think of your your divine self is that part trying to keep an eye on everything and you don't focus too much on this 
this is really wonderful and balanced, but yeah, this is going to hell over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All I can think of when you said that is, you remember the old, okay, I'm dating myself, the old black and white, and the, the plate spinning guys that they used to have on variety shows? Oh, yes. Those plates up on those pointy sticks, and he's spinning frantically up and down. Yes. And if you didn't keep them all going just right, then they all crashed. Yes. So there you are with it. I think I think that's a good analogy for it too. Oh, absolutely. And I and I think that the important thing is too is to remember that stuff is going to be out of balance. Mm-hmm. It's just a nature of being human. And well, I can and change it, and growth. Oh, please! I can let it make me crazy, and then everything goes out of balance because I'm already nuts over here, and then it spills over there, and you know. Mm-hmm. But and, and that's when your bestie says, "Okay, take a deep breath. Everything will be all right." I'm reminded that I am. We human. have more plates. <laughs> we have more plates, and that I am human and imperfect, and that's okay. That is I, okay. I think that's a big piece. Is so many of us buy into the idea of perfectionism, oh. and and bal- the the ideal of balance reminds me that it's okay not to have it all together on all levels at the exact same moment at the exact same time. I think that when that happens is the moment when I die and pass on to my next great adventure. If I get that moment of balance so that I can enjoy it and then it's over kind of thing. And that that brings us to the idea of the world of the magical and the mundane, Mm -hmm. which is another area where we learn to kind of balance between, because they overlap, and we're constantly finding bits of magic extending unexpectedly into the mundane, or the mundane and practical intrudes on the world of the magical, as it were. And I I like the analogy of a hedge as the boundary in between. I mean, a hedge years ago was literally like the, the boundary of a village. And everybody inside was part of that little closed-knit society. And everybody outside was kind of strange and foreign and didn't quite fit in. Mm-hmm. So you have those two very different worlds kind of meeting at that edge. And a hedge, like we said, is porous. It isn't like a hedge is this thick, impenetrable thing. Air gets through, light gets through. So there is that meeting back and forth. And by learning to walk the hedge we can grab from the mundane as we need and grab from the magical as we need. And we are the, the the area in between more than anywhere else as practicing witches that those two come together. And that kind of goes back to balance. It all kind of (laughs) very nicely, doesn't it? Yeah. This, this set of beliefs that kind of almost lock together like pieces in a puzzle. It's like you find a bit here, and this belief works, and how does it fit with other areas that we practice and work with? And I think that's a big part of the personal knowing, is we can feel the puzzle pieces go click for us. Yes. You know, and I think that's one of well, the... Well, you can only click your own puzzle pieces. That is true. You and, know, you may have, And yeah, that, that feeling, you know, especially when when it's it's something that makes one of your plates spin faster, maybe, I don't know, of realizations of truth. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's my plates are spinning faster, but I think my spark is glowing a little brighter. <laughs> you know, in, in having these conversations with you where we sit here and kind of say, yep, this is what we think, and you kind of go, yes, and this goes over here. You can show somebody else sometimes where their puzzle pieces go mm-hmm. within the framework. And I think that's one of the best parts about being a witch and being able to practice with somebody else sometimes. When you oh, practice yeah. alone, you, I think you have more doubt sometimes. You know, not that it's wrong. It's just more difficult to, to know sometimes with more certainty or more feelings of certainty that, yes, I'm going in the right direction, right this minute kind of thing. But it's the whole idea of practice, and we do practice our craft. And I like our definition as craft of crafting. You know, we bring our individual creative gifts to the table, and we use them, and we make things. And they don't always have to be physical things, but we make things. I, you know, I create with words, you create with art. And we come up with stuff that allows us to remember we're the magical. You know, that we are the magic. And any witch is. I think everybody is. But witches tend to focus on the magical more. I think the magical is around and available to anybody if they choose to notice it and learn what it is and learn to work with it. And that's part of a big part of practicing the craft. Is you can read without Want, but you have to get up off your ass and try stuff out and have it's, some yes it's not it's not all um book learning that there is a, a practicalness of it and the ability to to put your energy into something especially with someone else yeah that's you can make amazing things yeah, and and I like the idea that you and I have been known to make stuff that we bring into ritual, and then when it comes out of ritual, not only is it quote unquote charged magically, but it serves as a reminder of what we do. Because mm-hmm. I am a big believer, especially as I get older and get more set in my ways, that sometimes I need those little things around to remind me that yes. Magic is always a, is a potential solution to everything, or just the enjoyment of sitting there knowing that I made magic. Yes, you know, happen and that things are better than they used to be for me, kind of thing. And I think that's a goal. And I think a big part of that is those little daily spiritual practices that we create and recreate and change and alter to fit our current circumstances, kind of thing. You know, just, just the minor things that we do on a daily basis that, you know, we we, we, let, we laugh and we joke and we get together before we start recording and we hail the goddess Caffina with our coffee cups. <laughs> and it's a joke because Caffina is kind of one of those modern goddesses that may or may not be around, you know. But the idea of just doing stuff like that, those little daily rituals that remind me that I'm a spiritual person especially when I am locked and loaded and running 87 errands on the mundane. Well, and to emphasize, too, that the those small daily things add up. You know, I, I used to liken it to um, bodybuilding. 
that if you're just starting out, if you lay on the bench and decide you're going to bench press 300 pounds and, you know, you haven't done any weightlifting, you're not going to be able to. But if you started weightlifting every day and you did your five minutes every morning, you know, after six months, you're going to see a change. And you're going to say, but that wasn't that much. It doesn't have to be that much. It's the cumulative effect. And then that actually builds on itself. Oh, we're getting back to the snowball theory. You yes, can tell us it's winter in the central New York. <laughs> yes, all I can think of is the snowball rolling down the mountain. <laughs> it's a little it's bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think the other pieces too, it's like the saying, you can move a mountain by moving one rock at a time. Yes. Now, if you have that giant mountain in front of you, there's no way you're going to move it. But if every day you come along and take one pebble off that mountain and move it somewhere else, eventually the mountain's going to move. Yep. And that, that morning gratitude, mm -hmm. it's amazing how it can change your life. Just oh, lighting yeah. a candle and saying how grateful you are to be awake and alive. And alive <laughs> and to be a witch. I love being a witch. Oh, I do. Well, when you consider the alternative to waking up and not being alive, you know, it gives you something to really be grateful for. It's that whole, yeah, like you said, that, that starting out the morning, thinking about three or four things that I'm grateful for. My light's turned on today, you know, considering we had a windstorm a week and a half ago and I didn't have power for two days. The lights work. That's a good start to my morning kind of thing, you know, so I go from there and and just kind of move forward. And I think it's a big part about our being witches is we learn to take stuff that we may have encountered elsewhere and bring it in. It's about being practical. And then again, it's about balance, like you said, because mm -hmm. we can live too much and get stuck in the mundane and forget we're magical or spend so much time on the magical that the mundane responsibilities are falling apart because we're not paying attention. And it's about being able to almost split our focus mm -hmm. and be part of it. And I think that's the big takeaway from a lot of what we do is the ability to know what's appropriate to focus on when more than anything else. And that I think, yeah, that's the awareness just like um, becoming more and more aware of synchronicities as they happen and seeing that, okay, maybe they're not, they're not coincidences, that I, in fact, am in touch with the universe and I am making these connections. So now instead of saying, oh, look, it, it's 11-11, make a wish, whatever, I can say, it's 11-11, and it's something that I have made important, and I am connecting now, and thank you. I'm thankful for my awareness. I'm thankful for synchronicities in my, my relationship with divine, and I want more. Mm -hmm. I thank you, little, I want more. <laughs> I think those little synchronicities sometimes are messages from the universe that I'm going in the right direction mm -hmm. because other too much there's you need uncertainty it's balance again you need enough uncertainty 
so that you get those little surprises that you didn't expect. And at the same time, you need that confirmation for yourself that, yes, I am heading somewhere in the right direction. It's back to our path in the woods analogy that mm-hmm. we ourselves with in that sense, because there are times when you can see the path and things are going well, and other times you can't see the path. And it's that certainty inside that you know that the path will show up again for you to see. Yes. You know. Okay, so let's summarize real quick for people. Um, We've been talking about our core beliefs. And at the basis of all of it, I think, is that ideal of balance. When we talk about imminent and transcendent divine, it's two pieces of the same. Or the hedge as being that meeting point of the magical and mundane. Mm -hmm. And you have to not get too far tipped to one side or the other. And the idea of crafting where we take ideas and make them into something physical. So, again, it's all about that ideal of balance and remembering more than anything else that balance is an ideal because we're imperfect humans. And today, I think both of us are pretty much okay with that. Oh, yes. And I think that's one of the big gifts of our beliefs is that we have learned that we don't have to be perfect and we can have some spectacular failures when we try new stuff out and pick ourselves up and say, okay, that really didn't work, and why not, and go from there. Yeah, exactly. It's the the humility of humanity. Which stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones, specific types and kinds of energy, and conceptual stones, things and ideas about witchcraft which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently, we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now. In today's spotlight, we'll be looking at the witch stone, South. Concrete stones focus on a specific physical energy rather than a concept, and the first four concrete stones are the four cardinal directions. The Witchstone South displays a pictograph of the capital letter S in the color red. For those of us who walk the path, each direction is associated with a time of day and a color that represents it. South is midday, which is symbolized by the color red, the fire of the midday sun. Each direction is also associated with one of the four physical elements. South is linked with fire and its energy. Fire energy correspondences include inspiration and creativity, courage and action, willpower and purification. For us on the path, we think of this as imminent and transcendent divine. All of us have a divine spark within, imminent, which works to connect with the divine of the universe transcendent. We are made from the same stuff as the stars, so it's no wonder that there is a longing to connect with something greater than we can ever hope to comprehend based on our limited physicality. 
Fire energy can also be used to burn away what isn't needed, to reduce something to its purest essence. This may also be the source of those emotional inspirations that lead us to express our creativity in unique and wonderful ways. The scene energy for the South Stone in a reading is fire energy, our passions, and divine spark. Learning about fire energy makes the other two meanings clearer. Our passions, when working with fire energy, rarely have to do with romantic expression, but deal with the thing that brings you the most joy. It is that thing you feel when you have to do or learn about or be involved with, almost to the exclusion of everything else. Sometimes it settles into burning as a steady flame, and other times it may flare, then burn itself out, leaving you changed in ways you never imagined. The divine spark appears to remind you that it is your personal source of spiritual practice and that you can work to develop or enhance your connection to it. The unseen energy of the South Stone in a reading is fire energy, unconnected to divine, an unknown direction. Fire energy is always present, and what changes may be your perception of it. You may be feeling unconnected to your personal divine spark, so that life seems to be flat and boring. It may be necessary for you to figure out what you can do to reignite your personal flame. An unknown direction can feel intimidating to some people, because you don't know where you're going. But it also gives you the chance to step out and have a grand adventure and experience something new and different. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint. Just something to make your day go better because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. Today I have a witchy hint for you about making magical incense from your kitchen spice cupboard. There are many different types of pre-made incense in just as many forms. There's stick, cone, powdered, backflow. But if you'd like to add another dimension to your spell work, consider making your own incense. The only thing you need that you may not have in your kitchen is a charcoal disc to burn the loose incense on. They're available online or at your local metaphysical shop and you'll need a heat-proof container to burn the charcoal in. My favorite go-to incense is a mix of sage and rosemary. You can use powdered or ground leaf herbs. It's helpful to have the ingredients ground to the same consistency for even burning. Start with equal parts and then adjust to your liking. And make sure you have an airtight container to keep your creation dry and ready to use. Most importantly, don't forget to add your magical intention by focusing on the purpose you're making this when mixing up your incense. They can burn, be burned separately, of course. They both have strong magical properties of cleansing and purification. But when burned together, I find they produce a heady amount of smoke, even without an added resinous ingredient. It works well with many rituals, 
and also as an altar rest incense to use at any time. For me, the aroma immediately reminds me I am a powerful spiritual being, a witch, and I ride the hedge with my fellow crones. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday, but you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two, young crones, all one word. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. And our Twitter handle is at twoyoungcrones. Check out our merch at our Teespring store. We also have a Patreon account called the Young Crones Cafe, where you can support the podcast if you enjoy our efforts. Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedgewalkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. We are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be.